years ago, Stephen was in Bible college, and uh, and he, he called up, and Chubby and I, you know, we're praying to, you know, get him home, get him home. You know, we, we just we just want him home. And, and he calls up and, and tells us that he's going to stay another year. And, uh, uh, you know, you, you want to you be happy for your kid, but at the same time, you know, you're a little depressed about it. And uh, he's, he, he says uh, he's going to go into the intern program at Guts Church, where he's been attending church for the last couple of years. And, and uh, okay, he's going to go into the intern. He's going to get more training. And it's, it's, okay, so, so uh, we decide what we're going to do is we're going to fly down to Tulsa. And we're going to meet the pastors because, you know, got some guy that's going to be speaking into my guys. Now, I, I just want to know them. You know, I want to find out what's going on. And, and uh, uh, so we, we go down to Tulsa. We set up a meeting with the pastors of Guts Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And, uh, uh, you know, we almost instantly going in, begin to figure out that they've been copying a lot of the stuff that we do. And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they, it's like they got a big G thing going on, you know. And uh, uh, tr- true story, a few months ago, we, we went down to, to an event that he was uh, gracious enough to invite us to and walked into their foyer. And, and, and they, they now have garage doors like us. I don't know where they got that idea, but it's awesome. It's, it's like the Garden Tulsa. Okay. And uh, the, the truth of the matter is kind of reversed, but we won't bring that up. But uh, uh, the, the deal is, is that uh, we got into a meeting with Pastor Bill and and um, uh, you don't mind if I te- tell this, do you? Because I, I just, just, I just feel led. Um, on the way to that meeting, I felt impressed. I need to go buy something. I need to buy a gift. I need to take it in and sow into the man that's sowing into my kids. And out of that seed, an amazing relationship was birthed. And uh, I'm telling you, the human mind cannot comprehend God's response to one act of obedience. And my life, n- no joke, my life has elevated tremendously since connecting with this man of God. My kids' lives have been transformed. Uh, Shelby got saved. Uh, uh, and, oh, you don't, you don't understand what a blessing that is at our home. Okay, but uh, thank you, Jesus. I just stop and pause and think about that. But, uh, it, no, it's such, a, such an amazing blessing and, and then to have the opportunity to get to share those relationships with the house. Because I'm telling you, uh, you, you know, it, God knows what he's doing. I said, God knows what he's doing. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, neither has it entered the heart of any man, the things that God has prepared for those that love him. You know, and if you love God, then he's prepared some things for you in the future. And, and a lot of, and the word prepared means to make ready in advance, but, but to prepare, uh, you know, to, to put a pair together, that, like there's a relationship in your future that, that if you avoid that relationship, you're avoiding your future. And so, you know, you, you have to be open, you have to be willing, and, and in order to get that, you have to be willing to sow into it. And, and so, you know, we started sowing into that and it's reaping harvest and fruit in the house and it's changing. I'm telling you that our relationship with Pastor Bill and Sandy Shear has changed your lives. I'm telling you, it's changed your lives for the better. And, and, and it's just an amazing thing. And so what I want you to do today is I want you to get up on your feet. I'm happy to announce today that Pastor Bill Shear from Guts Church, Tulsa, Oklahoma. He's in the house. Come on, somebody. Let's welcome him to the platform.
Oh God, did this not feel like church today? In Jesus' name, you know, I've got, I've got friends that coach college football, and all of them talk about um, the, the, the pregame at Virginia Tech. They play that Metallica song they have for 20 years, and, uh, but there's 95,000 people that are jumping in the stadium, and, and if you, you should Google it or YouTube it or something to look at it. It's, I mean, it's, it's nine-year-old people and 90-year-old people. It's men and women, it's, and they're all jumping, and I, I talked to uh, Todd Graham was the head coach at Arizona State now, and he was a defensive coordinator at West Virginia, and he said the first time they went there, there's this, this little tunnel that the visiting team comes out of, and you're crammed in there, and it's claustrophobic, and they, they bring you out and make you experience that song with 95,000 people jumping above your head, and the, the, the whole thing's shaking, and it's creaking, and, and I... And, Todd Graham's one of the toughest men I know, and I said, my gosh, what was that like? He said, I wanted to go home. I didn't want to come out of that tunnel. I'm, a, I'm, just, I'm just a coach. I wasn't even playing in the game, and, and uh, it, it, I, that's how church ought to be. I mean, you, we're, you, we need to live a life so exemplary that, man, the devil doesn't want to come out of the tunnel. I, and, and really, honestly, I think that there's people out there, and somehow the church, I wasn't raised in church. So when we started the church, uh, Sandy was raised in an Episcopal church, you know, and um, I think Episcopal are probably good people. I don't know. I, you know. It's weird. They want to come and put that wafer on your tongue during communion. You come up the front and I see people with their mouth open. I'm like, no, that just, you can just put it in my hand and I can take care of it from there. But uh, <laughs> hey, Sandy's here. Can I introduce Sandy to you? Sandy, you want to? I, I just want to tell you guys how this works. Sandy's the glue. She just makes it all work. I've got a family. I think they've got pictures. I don't know. But uh, I'll make them scramble because I didn't tell them I was going to do it. 17 months ago, we didn't have any grandbabies. Now we have three. And uh, no, you have no idea. Um, I'm, I'm obsessed. I'm smitten, aren't I? Yeah, that's, our, that's our family. It's Sandy's dog. And... Um, <laughs> It's, it's, she's five pounds, and uh, uh, on, the, on the right's my son Taylor and his wife Cassie, and that's their daughter, uh, Charleston. She calls me Rev, but she's got a voice she uses when she says my name. She goes, Rev. That's how she says Rev, and, it, and I look at her, and it's like she's growling, and she looks at me, so I give her money. And uh, <laughs> the yellow-headed one's my daughter Kennedy, and uh, Taylor has her convinced she was adopted because she's got yellow hair and everybody else has brown hair. Um, but she's 21. She's graduating from college in December, and that's Sandy and her her dog, cat, rat, dog, uh, hotty toddy, and uh, and then that's Brooklyn and Press and their their uh, baby Teal, who turned seven months today, and uh, and Teal's got has a kind of personality and face that oh that's Charles. I can't even I can't stand it. It's just that's Charleston. They call her Chucky Jane, but. Um, but she gets, oh, and that's, that's Teal, Teal Mahoney right there, that Teal Marie, and uh, she has to wear a bow because uh, she doesn't have any hair, and so, and my daughter, it, it hits like a man, so people come and say, man, how old's your little boy? <laughs> and she clouts him, but um, I'll tell you, I've, I don't, I, I'm, I'm trying to do the math on, um, 
how long I've known the fields. And, um, and I'll tell you what I, what I love about this, not having been raised in church and then experiencing church a little bit. My first experience with church was I didn't like it. <laughs> I think I loved the Lord at that time, but the people were weird, a lot of hugging. I saw this guy had a big bushy mustache. This is 1979. And he's giving guys like a kiss on the cheek at the door, like greeting people with a holy kiss. And I'm like, get away from me. What are you doing? And the music was terrible. My God. How many guys were Christians in 1979? The music, it was, and people loved it. And it was terrible. I mean, it was like the Rolling Stones and the Allman Brothers and, and people, there was, there was music out there in 1979. And and their church music was just terrible. And, and people were jumping and laughing and hugging. And, and oh, it was gross. And, and I remember I was standing on the back wall of the church right after I got saved. And I'm thinking, and I was dressed similarly to how I'm dressed today. And no one else was dressed like that. So um, I, I believe in diversity in church so that people don't feel um, so different when they come in that they can't receive anything. So... Um, I remember I'm standing on the back wall of the church, and, and I'm just talking myself out of this. I'm like, I don't like it. I don't like any of these people. I think I love the Lord, but I think my sin's forgiven. I'm really hoping that, that, that where, where new creations really is the truth, because I need to be that. Because um, before I was a Christian, I was a sinner, and a uh, really, really good one. And... Um, but then I had a dramatic conversion. But what didn't convert was how I felt. It's everything like out here. Um, and, and so I'm standing in the back wall of that church, and I thought, I can't do this. And as I'm thinking, I'm out. God spoke to me. And which is weird because I didn't know God really, but I knew that that was God speaking to me. And um, he just said simply, you're going to have the guts to serve me. And I thought, well, by God, are you kidding me? I mean, it angered me. You know, I got kind of puffed up, and I'm like, oh, really? Oh, that, really, that's where you're going to go, God? Are you kidding? You know, like, am I man enough to do So I walked up to the front of the church, and was in the middle of that gosh darn awful music, and put my hands up as high as I could, and stood right there in the front. And I guarantee people were thinking, look at that new convert, that sinner saved by grace, worshiping God. I wasn't worshiping God. I'm like, how, how, how's that God? You think I'm man enough to do it now? You think I got the guts to do it now? I got my, my hands up as high as I could have them, and, and I got my teeth clenched, and nobody could see it, but I, to me, I'm just, and it changed my life, and it's why my church is called Guts now. Our church is called Guts because it takes guts to serve Jesus. It takes guts to overcome. That my, my hope for you today is whatever you're dealing with, that you, you hear something I don't care if it's for me. I really don't. Sometimes I get tired of hearing my own voice, okay? But you hear something that helps you overcome whatever you're dealing with, whatever you're facing. See, we win because we're overcomers. We win every day. Just write that down. You guys that are taking notes, write down, I win every day. See, because there's no scoreboard. This isn't, this isn't like, an, like a, an earthly crown or an earthly race or an earthly event or an earthly contact, contest. This is... This is, it, it's all, it all boils down that it's spiritual. And I win because I win spiritually, because I'm a spirit who, and I have a mind, and I have emotions, and I have a will, but I, and I live in a body, but I'm not who you see me as here. See, I'm, I'm, I'm actually seated in heavenly places with Christ. 
that I'm a new creation in Christ. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. And that scripture, has it, it's seeded in my heart back in 1979. And every day now, man, I, I wake up every day. You know, there's some days you wake up in a bad mood. How many of you guys have ever just, you wake up and you wake up in a bad mood? Can I see your hands? How stupid are we? We have an experience. We have no reason to be in a bad mood. We just woke up and we're in a bad mood. What's up? I'm just in a bad mood. It's like, you're an idiot. I'm an idiot. I'm in, a, I'm in a bad mood and nothing has happened yet. But see, that's why our minds have to be renewed. See, we're trying to think our way through this stuff, huh? We're trying to think our way through our problems and think our way through our issues and think our way through our de the devastation. See, write this down. When you don't know what to do, just do what you know to do. Just Because what this is, is this is a walk of faith. Now listen, it's not a walk of how we feel. It's not a walk of what we see. It's not what we're perceiving. It's a walk, it's a walk of faith. Let me say walk of faith. See, so how do you do it? It's a, what am I going to, man, I don't know what to do, I don't know what to do. No, just take a step. And you know what it does? It changes just a little bit. You know what would be interesting? If I had time today, I'd have all you guys just change seats. You know what would happen if I asked you to change seats? No one would do it silently. People would actually laugh and grin and grin. People would go, oh, people would run into each other. Some guys would even kind of kind of just tussle a little bit to, to get a seat before somebody else does. How many competitive people we have in here? Yeah, so, so, so you, you, it's kind of, it, it would, it's a little awkward. See, this right here, this encounter, it changes. Your life has changed now. You're like, please, step away from the... <laughs> you're, you're, you're in my, you're, you're my place. No, don't act like you're not. We can tell you're, you're screaming awkward right now. And I'm the king of awkward. Were you out there on the street corner? You were so awkward out there. I'm looking at him. I'm looking at this kid that you're wearing a vest or holding. You weren't even wearing your vest. I think you were holding your vest. And he's out there on the, on the deal. And we started driving by and he turned his back on us. I'm like, I guess he doesn't want to direct us. But, but it, somehow it worked for you, didn't it? Somehow you feel like you're serving God a little bit. and you're taking. But all that was was a step. So you know what you got to do? You got to keep doing things like that. Even if it's awkward. Even if you're wondering if you're any good at it. Who cares? You're not as good as you think you are. See, in our minds we're thinking, my gosh, man, let me tell you something. I, I held the, the season passing record at Warrington High School for probably 15 years. And I'm thinking, so I'm thinking about that. I'm a record holder. I'm thinking, I threw for more yards than anybody in the history of that school. And I'm thinking, I must have been pretty good. It was 600 yards. <laughs> no, there's kids now that do that in a game. But I'm walking around for like 10 or 15 years thinking, I'm holding a record. <laughs> I think I was pretty good. In my mind, you know, I'm, pre I'm pretty good. Like... You, you, made, you, you took steps, you made plans, you made decisions, and at some point it was a good decision. But see, we've got to revisit those decisions. We've got to revision our life, bring a revision. You know, back in the day we started our church, man, I'd go to, I'd go to vision conferences. I'd go places and they were talking vision. 
Our vision's all the same. My vision's the same as you. Man, I want to keep my marriage healthy. I want, to, I, want, I want my kids to serve God. All those people up on that screen, those are all connected to me. All, all of them love God with all their heart. They're going to serve Him the rest of their lives. Man, I'm believing God. I was praying for your son. And you know what? He's going to marry the right person. Because that's all that matters. Man, that, that bell rings. It's like, ding. I win as a dad because my son married the right girl. See... The problem in America today is that we let guys choose who they're going to marry and when they're going to marry and, with, and, and, and then who's going to be there with them. That's not a good plan. I'm trusting you. How old are you, son? Huh? 60? 16. I'm telling you, pretty, pretty preserved. I mean, you got funny hair, but it's a, but, but listen, you're 16. I'm not, I'm not trusting him as far as I could throw him with it. How far do you think I could throw you? Dear God, he just kept standing up, didn't he? If I'm going to pick somebody up and throw him, I got to pick a smaller dude, man. Are you full grown? Look at him all bowled up now. He's going to be like, his voice just got a lot deeper. Okay. So. So can you quit chewing that gum for one minute so I can make a point? Okay. So, so, so here's the deal with him. I don't trust his decision-making prowess right now. Why? He's 16. See, I'm thinking back in the 50s when that man code was written, boys became men at 18. But then things changed, and you know, the 60s happened. And the 60s kind of knocked men back a, a couple steps, and then boys became men at 21. Well, now it's 2017, and shoot, I'm looking for some 28-year-old guys and just saying, hey, man up a little. <laughs> okay, you're almost 30. Take some freaking responsibility. Can you do that? You know what I'm saying? No, he's 31. I'm full. Yeah, I'm feel, I don't care how old he is. I got the mic, ma'am. She's like, it makes a difference. I'm thinking Sandy's black and white. She goes, he's 41. I'm like, shut up. You're killing me, Smalls. What was I talking about? You know what? I'm going to... Hey, who are... That's for you. Just because I like you, okay? But listen, you get nothing. Okay, so, but he's 16, but we're thinking, okay, we're going to let him make some decisions. No, someone, he's going to fall in love, right? And you're going to meet some hot chick, and you're going to think, oh, dear God. And, and he's, somebody's going to say, hey, wipe that drool from your mouth, okay? Okay, close your mouth. You don't have to be a mouth breather just because you, you met a pretty girl, okay? And and, and she's, she's even attracted somehow. And thank God, women aren't visually stimulated, okay? So this guy right here, he's got a fighting chance. Like his mama thinks he's cute as could be. He's the cutest of bug. But that's about it. He's not going to win any, like, beauty contests, okay? But, but the point is, is that we're hoping he's going to make good decisions. I don't want to rely on that. No, now that we've met, now that I've looked eye to eye to him, I'm, I'm wanting him to win. So now, what do we have to do for him? We've got to help him build a team. That's what, what's the first thing Jesus did? He built a team. 
And it was, it, it was kind of random. Hey, follow me. I'll make you fishers of men. <laughs> I do pretty well catching fish. My people skills aren't great. But can my brothers come with us? Yeah, come on. They walked by Matthew's office, a tax collector. They said, hey, Jesus looked at him, and they made, they made eye contact. It's this simple. He said, hey, come follow me. He didn't say, hey, come on, I'm going to give you some decision-making power. I'm going I'm 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 to launch your ministry. Do you think Jesus was concerned about launching Matthew's ministry? Do you think that thought even crossed his mind? No. He just said, hey, follow me if you can keep up, if you're man enough, if you have the guts. You know, Elijah and Elisha. Elijah is like the man on the earth, right? And, and Elisha comes to him and says, and, and Elijah says, what do you want? What would, be, what would be a great life for you? And Elisha said, I'd like to have what you have. He goes, okay, you can, you can do that. That's within my capability to train you and, and to mentor you to, to have what I have. I can do that. He goes, are you sure that's what you want? Well, Elisha's thinking, I'm not, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I want twice what you have. So Elijah said, okay, good. Is that it? You want twice? Is that good? You want twice what I have? See, if I could offer you twice what I have, Sandy, that's a pretty good life, isn't it? I mean, that's pretty good, okay? But is that what you want? He said, yeah. He said, okay, listen to what Elijah said to Elisha. He said, you go, what I, you go where I go, you do what I do, you see what I see. When we get there, you'll have it. See, we don't want anything ethereal. We want it in black and white. We want to know what's in it for me. Hey, we want you to join the church. What's in it for me? Hey, we want you to visit the church. What's in it for me? Hey, we, hey, we want you to be a part of our team. What's in it for me? Hey, we, we got a heart for the lost. And you're like, yeah, 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 great. What's in it for me? See, that's all this boy's thinking. That every, every situation in his life, the primary thought that he has is, what's in it for me? And you know what? That's the, that's the question we have to answer. That's what Elijah, Elijah said to Elisha. He said, what do, you, what, what, what do you want? He goes, man, I want what you have. I want twice what you have. When you, you go where I go. You do what I do. You see what I see. When we get there, you'll have it. And you know what? It finally dawned on Eli, uh, Elisha when Elijah was translated and that mantle fell on him. What did Elisha say to Elijah? My father. Oh, my goodness. Why? Because he experienced that life with Elijah. He went where he went. He did what he did. He saw what he saw. And when he got there, he didn't know where he was. Man, it wasn't wasn't some big graduation for Elisha. Man, that mantle just fell on him. Something that he'd seen a thousand times. He probably handled it. He probably cared for it. He probably folded it when Elijah fell asleep. But then finally, when Elijah was translating to heaven, that mantle fell on him. And what did he say? From from here, not from here, from here he said, my father, my father. Let me tell you how life is. Let me tell you what this boy needs to realize here is his future's in another man's mouth. 
See, what, this, is gonna, this is a game changer for him. And you'll say, yeah, why? Because you're using his example? Because you No, because he and I, this, is, this, isn't just an, this isn't just an experience that we're having personally. This is a life-for-life exchange. He's going to have to resist this. He's going to have to fight this off. See, this is a game changer. That's why the fields are so powerful in your life. That's why you, you, there's a part of you, you want to be a part of the team, and you want to be a part of what they're doing. And you want, why? Because this isn't just a job for them. This isn't just this man's job. This is his life. You're his family. This is an extension of his home. What do you think? That, do you think the quality and excellence in his home is better than the quality and excellence of this church? See, but you come into my house, there's an expectation. Man, when boys come into my house, and I've got daughters, and they come into my house, and they, they, I know what those boys want. I know what they're after. And I'm not talking about sex here. Man, they want to be a part of the clan. They want to be a part of the crew. They want to be a part of the team. They want to be on this team. But you know what Bear Bryant would tell people? He told players, he said, one guy said, why do you, and a reporter said, why do, you guys, why do you make practices so hard? He said, what do you mean? He goes, your practices are harder than games. He said, yeah, you're right. He said, why do you make practice so hard? Man, there's, there's four or five kids and boys that quit every day at practice. He said, I want to find out if you're a quitter at practice before we get in that game. The last thing I want to find out if that boy's a quitter in the game. Well, you got to elevate me. you got to promote me. Why do we have these guys? Why do we have these guys singing? Why is that guy up there playing? Why did you, why'd you use him? Why did you use him last night? Man, now, let me tell you, there's a new expectation on this boy now. Every one of you guys should expect more of him now. Why? Because there's been a life-for-life exchange. See, he's got to live up to this. I have to live up to this. See, what I love about the fields, you're not going to, he's not different here than he is at home, than he is at dinner, than he is pumping gas. You don't want a professional preacher in here. Man, you want somebody that you can say, listen, see, for us, it's a fireable offense to be on our staff if, if, if they walk by a piece of trash on our property. We've got 30 acres on an expressway, 110,000 cars a day go by. Mostly Americans, they're sloppy, they litter. They're not, they're not respectful. There's not that code anymore. Man, there's people that'll finish their cigarette and just flick it out on the sidewalk where our babies are walking. So you know what? Man, this, this boy right here, do you know how he gets cred in the kingdom? If he's got cigarette butts in his pocket when he walks into church. Man, we can't shout, I don't want to touch that. Oh, those are bad. No, I got I to gotta pick that up. I don't want a toddler having to walk by it. But see, we, we, we have to understand this, that, that we're not, he doesn't have, the, our, our society today isn't developing him with a man code. That's what the church has to bring now. There's got to be a code of excellence. There's got to be a, a standard that we have. We're not in this. He can't be in this for him anymore, even though his basic need is, man, what's in it for me? But let me tell you, the good news, the flip side of that question, of that equation, the B side of that equation is, just tell me what to do. What's my next step? Man, Saul of Tarsus on the road to Damascus. Man, he, he, he's, he's on the ground. He's looking up that, 
that, that, that, that light was shining in his face. And, and he said, he said, whoa, 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 who are you? He said, I'm Jesus who you persecute. He said, you've been messing with me. Now I'm going to mess with you a little bit. See, and you might say, well, Jesus, no, Jesus isn't going to mess with you. That's all Jesus did. Write this down. Jesus was the most disruptive person ever to walk on this earth. He disrupted my life. He disrupted my life today. Man, I've got this inner mechanism. I want to cop some attitude. But you know what? I can't. Why? Because Jesus has disrupted my life. I've got to live up to greater is he who's in me than he who's in the world. I have to live up to that. Man, that's disruptive. See, but we want to walk out with, a, with, this, with this humility that I think is baloney anyway. That we walk out with this humility that we say, that, that we say well, 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 no, no, no. I'm preaching to you, but I'm no better than you. I better be better. I've got the Spirit of God on the inside of me. Everything I put my hand to prospers. Yet no weapon formed against me ever will. See, we're unbeatable. See, we're in, we have to be in a place, we have to know in our life that, yeah, we've got this thing in front of us, but all this is a hurdle, I've got to overcome it. And why do you come to church? Because you're running this race and you want to win, right, son? You, got, you win by, by, you learn how to run, you learn how to start, you learn how to run, you learn how to accelerate, but then you have to learn how to accelerate over the hurdles, you know, you hear people say, well, this life's not a, not a sprint, it's a marathon. I, I disagree. I, as a matter of fact, maybe it is a marathon. Those guys run 402 miles in those marathons now. I don't know if you've seen those Kenyans and those, seen those guys running marathons these days, but they're running those marathons in like two hours. That's a sprint. See, but that's, a, that's what the world expects of us. And the world expects for us to be better, but we're going, no, 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 I'm not better. Then why do I need church? Why do I need Jesus if you're not better? I remember this guy came up to me, and I, I, I became a Christian in my early 20s, and I'm, I'm in my hometown. I, I wasn't drinking. I wasn't partying. I wasn't carousing. I wasn't doing the stuff I was doing. And I'm at a gas station. I'm pumping gas, and, and, and this guy comes up to me. Hey, she heard you're, you're a church boy now. I said, yeah, I guess I am. Yeah, what are you doing going to church? I said, well... I'm just going, man. You know, and on the inside of me, I'm like, hey, why don't you take a hike? But I'm, I'm like, I'm a Christian now. I'm, I'm a church boy now, so I better be. And, and he, he said, he said, finally, he said, hey, Sheer. And he walked over to me. He said, what are you thinking? You're, you're better than me now? Because I'm kind of putting him off because his questions were annoying me. He said, you think you're better than me now? Honestly, I wanted to say, no, 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 no. I didn't. I said, yeah, I do think I'm better than you. Jesus lives on the inside of me now. You got no chance, sucker. He goes, yeah, yeah, you're, you're probably right. And then he got in his truck and he goes, man, I'm going to, I might come to that church sometime. But see, this false humility and this false awareness and this, it, it, we've got to live, listen, we have to understand, we have to live up to this standard. We have to, there's a code that we have to have as Christians. And let me just tell you what you're not going to like. How long have you been around, sir? And you want to, and you want to be a part, man. You want this to, to go your way, man. You you're a strong leader, and you want it. To, but let me just tell you, tomorrow's problems are solved by tomorrow's leaders, and tomorrow's leaders carry tomorrow's solutions. Think about what I'm saying here. 
This has got to change. We can't be thinking about me. We can't be thinking about you. We got to be thinking about him. See, because the way everything's escalated, the way things have developed now, we're thinking, well, someday we're going to pass this baton over to him. I think that's a ludicrous analogy. I'm not carrying a baton through life looking for somebody I can pass it to. I'm running in my lane. That's what Sandy tells me. Tells me once or twice a month. She goes, Bill, 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 why are you messing with that? I'm like, because somebody has to. She'll say, no, Bill, stay in your lane. So you know what I realized? Now this lane of mine, I've got to, I've got to push out the boundaries. I've got to make sure that this lane is wide enough so that, so that a sucker like that can run with me. Man, if we're going to run, I want young people running with me. They can run harder. They can run longer. They can talk to you while you're running. They get your mind off how miserable you are running. Man, I run with my daughter, Brooklyn, and and she'll be talking. And I'm like, why do you want to talk so much? She goes, Dad, it keeps my mind off it. And I thought, yeah, because my mind is miserable right now. So you think about it. So what we've got to do is we've got to, we've got to promote young. We've got to promote and we've got to force everything young. And you'll think, well, why? Because we've got to reach the world. I mean, how many of you guys use a, use a cell phone? How many of you guys have a smartphone? How many of you guys are on the internet? How many of you guys, let me just tell you, the way people communicate now is not the way I communicate. I make phone calls. I text people. I don't have a Facebook I Instagram because my grandbabies are on Instagram every day. There's an Instagram story. And you know what? I look at them every day. I just sit there and look at it. I look at it three or four times. And, I'll th- and you'll say, why do you do that? Because that's how they communicate. Man, if I want to communicate, I can't make phone calls anymore. Man, if I want to communicate, if I want to truly reach people, I got to be where they are. How many guys, do you guys duck hunt here? How many guys have duck hunted? Do you, do you duck hunt, sir? It, it, you can go out just you can go out in the afternoon. You can you can you can play some music. You can have your have your uh, have your uh, what do you call those music uh, boombox? You can have your boombox. You can be playing some music. <laughs> put put your lawn chair out. You you can sit there. No, you you, you can't do that, can you? You got to see ministries like duck hunting. You've got to be now. Listen, are you ready? You've got to be where they want to be. Why aren't people here today? Oh. Why aren't people here today? They don't want to be. It's that simple. Why are you here today? You want to be. So we're reaching all these people who want to be here, thinking we're reaching them. No, you came on your own. To really reach people, we've got to find a way to reach people who don't want to be here. And then they don't want to be here and, 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 and listen to somebody that they've got, to, they've got to watch Happy Days reruns to learn how to communicate with them. I mean, they've got to go watch the outlaw Josie Wales or something to figure me out. No, they don't. They, listen, we've got to be where they want to be. We've got to lure them in. We've got to, we've got to bring some decoys we got to have decoys. No, 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 there's people saying, man, I can't, I can't believe these guys come, come dressed like that. Man, he's got his hat on backwards. and Man, these guys are wearing blue jeans. I got hate mail from, from church people when we started our church. Went on television. The general manager of the Fox affiliate 
got saved in our church, and he put us on TV and, and uh, incredible rate, and we were on at 12.30 on Friday nights in 1993. And you know what? It was the highest rated show on late night television. And there was, it was live to tape to air, no edit, with me. <laughs> 25 years ago, before I was so polished and smooth as I am today. <laughs> no, but you know what? People look at it, and you know what? But they saw something. See, there's, pe- there's people here, uh, what's your name, son? Aaron. There's people here, they're, they're, they're dealing with a fence that you're here with your hat on backwards. And you know what I say? Let them deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Because, because what we've got to understand now is we've got somebody here, how old are you, that wants to be here. See, I don't want him coming my direction. I've dressed like this in the 70s. This is exactly how I dressed. It's not the 70s anymore. I was cool in the 70s. I understand how not cool I am today. But see, we've got to understand this, that you know what he could do? He could be a decoy. I'm not going to decoy anybody in here. I'm going to say, hey, you want to go to church? They're like, not one single chance am I going to go. You guys, you know how weird you guys are. Yeah, I do. We're pretty weird, aren't we? But see, you've got you to look at this and you've got to understand that we've got to be in a place now. Why are we here? Have we really given? It's like people that will say, how many of you guys have ever had your heart broke? Don't raise your hands because I'm going to backhand you, okay? It, it's, it's gonna, so it would be rude for me to have you raise your hand and then backhand you, but, unless you look like him. But, <laughs> but how many of you guys, don't raise your hands, but how many of you guys have had your heart broken? That, you, know, you understand that sin? Because everybody finished this statement. My heart belongs to... I'm not trusting my heart with you. I'm trusting my heart with God. He's my future. He's my hope. He's, he's how I overcome. See, so in order, for, in order for us to reach the masses, in order for us to fulfill God's call, we got to realize that the questions are, what's in it for me, number one? And, you know, if I told him, what are you going to be when you grow up, son? Just throw something out. You, you know what? You're going to be one of the wealthiest guys in this community. If you're here... If you're here 50 weekends a year, you mark my words, you'll be one of the wealthiest men in this community. See, because it doesn't matter what his plans are. Doesn't matter. I don't think it matters to God. God doesn't matter. It doesn't matter to God what you do or what you do or what you do. God's not going to bless me for what I do more than he blesses you for what you do. God doesn't care what we do. You ready to write, write him for a minute? God cares where we do it, and who we do it with. Do you think I'm more, do you, do you think I'm more gifted because I preach than Jimmy Fallon is because he's on late night TV? No. He's just using his gift somewhere else, and I'm not here to judge whether it's, it, it's in the right place or the wrong place. I just know where I have to use my gift. I just know where my call takes me. It's, who, it's where I do it and who I do it with. Man, I'm just telling you, if you're at the right place with the right people, you're not going to get in trouble. You're not going to make a mess. 
The only way you get, the only, what you do is immaterial. It, it, for real. It's, it's where you do it and who you do it with. But I'll tell you what, if, he, if, if, if I'm convincing enough with this boy that, that in his life he'll be one of the wealthiest men in this community if he just gives 50 weeks a year to this church. That's just your next step, 50 weeks. Can you do 50 weeks here a year? That means you, you, might, have to, you might have to skip the Super Bowl. If you get, you get Super Bowl tickets, you may not be able to go. That might mean you, you, you might, you know, the, man, the new snowfall, you may have to cut your ski trip short a little bit. That's all we did, isn't it, Sandy? That's all you do, isn't it? You cut things short. You got to be there. You got to be there. Why? Because nobody could do what I, nobody could do what Pastor Tom does in this house. Well, let me tell you something. Nobody can do what you do either. Is what you do less than what he does? No. You know why? The Bible says there's no comely or uncomely parts. What, is my thumb more important than a lung? <laughs> no, but you know what we do in the kingdom? We value thumbs more than we value lungs. Because we could see them. It's easier to use my smartphone because I got a thumb. Why don't monkeys use smartphones? They don't have thumbs. But see, we, we have to look at it. We have to understand now that this boy right here might be a, a dead gum kidney. I've had kidney stones. And let me tell you, you girls are going to go, well, that's, that's the closest thing as having babies. It's like, you're out of your mind. No one would ever have a second child. No, we're flying down to Houston, Sandy's speaking at a women's conference, and I'm going I'm, to, I'm, I, I get all, I get all, all humility personified. I said, Sandy, I'm going with you. I'm going to carry your bags in this trip. No, Bill, that's awkward. I said, I know. I'm going to go with you. You go with me so often, I'm going to go with you. I go with her. We're starting to go down there, and I'm like, man, I got a pain. I'm okay, though. I'm good. I'm a, you know, I'm a full-grown man. I can handle it. I'll just rub some dirt on it and walk it off. And we're flying, I'm like, I don't know, man. I've had a kidney stone before. It kind of feels like I'm having a kidney stone. She goes, oh, you're kidding me. She goes, why don't you, let's just go home. We're in Dallas, and we're connecting to Houston. Why don't we just go home? I said, no, Sandy, we're not going home. Just let me go use the restroom. I go use the restroom. It looks like one of those, like an old house that has lead pipes that hadn't had the water turned on in 50 years and you turn on the water and it's all that stuff. Well, that's what the urinal looked like. And what's bad is, is that the, the, the bathroom was packed with men and it didn't have a flusher. It had one of those automatic flushers. And here, here's my urinal. It, it's got a rusty mess in it. And I'm looking at it. <laughs> so I just stood there for a minute and there's a line of guys behind me wanting to, you know, it's like when I was a kid and I went to Sportsman's Park in St. Louis and they had that trough and this guy comes up. I'm like five years old and this old man zipping up his fly and he turns around and I'm next and he goes, hey, sink that last one. And I walk up and there's one cigarette butt left in that deal. And I'm, it was so much pressure on me that that guy that told me, and he, he sunk like six of them and I got to sink the last one. And, but so I I'm standing there, and there's no flushing or anything. I'm just sitting there thinking, what am I, this is okay, here we go, it's awkward. I turned around, walk off, and left that mess with something. But I don't know why I'm telling you this. <laughs> but let me tell you something. If that boy there's a kidney, stand up, son. We better take care of him. We better make sure that this little sucker is healthy. I'm not, anybody had, a, anybody had a kidney stone in here? Yeah. See ya. 
Life that, that nothing in life matters anymore when you have a kidney stone. Well, that boy right there might be our kidney. See, we're all members of this body. And we're placed, are you ready for this? Where it pleases God. We've got to teach these guys how to overcome. We don't have to teach them how to dress at church. They know better than us. They're more socially aware than us. Why do I wear this? Because I've worn this since the 70s. This is, how, this is how I dress. This is what I wear. Man, I can go shop and Sandy can predict what I'm going to walk away with. And she knows I don't have to look at it. She'll go, hey, what do you think of this? I don't like it. I'm not wearing it. Buy it if you want. I'll never wear it. You would even look at it. I don't care. I promise you, it does not look like this. If it looks like this, we don't need to buy it. I already have it. But see, I'm, I'm, I, listen, I'm wanting to help you overcome. You're going to hear something in here today. It may be from me, and it may be from God. I get credit for helping a lot of people that I never said anything that helped them. People come up and go, man, I was at your church last year, and I heard you say this. And they'll tell me what I said, and I'm like, oh, my gosh. That's awesome. I wish I'd have said that. But you know what I get to part, who I get to partner with? The still, small voice. See, I'm talking to you now, and we're talking about the kingdom, God's way of doing things, and we're talking about God's word. And you know what it does? It connects and, and, and gets into flow with that still, small voice on the inside of you. So now I'm talking to you here, and God's talking to you here. And you know what? When those two voices don't conflict, when they flow together, that's when there's dynamic change in our lives. Because when you leave here, you're going to remember some stories that I told, and you're going to remember some things that I said, but you're carrying that still small voice that was activated in this room. And you know what? Now you're going to walk out, and you're going to walk out that door, and you're going to get in your truck, and that still small voice is going to be activated in you. See, but what we got to teach people is stay sensitive to that still small voice. Stay sensitive to what God's saying. Say, listen, that's how we overcome. Man, if you just want to get old and sick and die, you don't need to be here. I'm not kidding you. Most of you guys have punched your ticket. Most of you guys have got your fire insurance from hell. You don't have to waste all this time in here if you just want life to just happen. I don't want life to just happen. I want to force my will on life. See, that's how this works. Because truly, greater is he who's in us than he who's in the world. You know what we carry now? We carry the words of eternal life. Do you know the words that we speak? When, 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 we're, when we're speaking God's word, do you ever speak God's word? When you speak God's word, it, you, don't, you don't look like God. You, don't, you, don't, you, you use different vernacular than God uses. Your tone of voice is a little different. But you know what? The place fills with angelic hosts. Some of them are there to, to, to perform and, and produce what you're, what you're professing in God's word. Others are just there just to check it out. They're not checking out God's word. They're checking out, listen, they're checking out a girl who's probably a teenager or something with curly hair and, and kind of trendy, but sounds like God. It freaks those angelic hosts out. This room's full of angelic hosts going, okay, there's a 59-year-old guy, flesh and blood and bones and hair follicles and wrinkles and sag. 
but he sounds like God. See, and, and, and that's what we have to understand. But let me just tell you, conversely, demons tremble because it sounds like God. Demons flee because it sounds like God. See, so now, if, if, if we truly wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers, darkness, and our, our, the, the weapons we have aren't carnal or worldly, but mighty unto God, that's, that's the word that we speak. See, and, and we take it to the four corners of the earth. See, that's the idea that God has for us. There's a dynamic life for you. But you've got to choose whether you're going to live it or not. And you know how you live it? Like this right here. You ready? You can't. The, the, none of this life can be stationary. None of this life, none of your life can be predictable. Man, these guys back there that have my notes, have you seen any, any of the things I've said on the screen? No. Because my notes are up there on that podium. Are they? Man, I don't care about those notes. Why? Because the Bible says many are the plans of a man's heart, but God directs his steps. Make the plans, man. Make big plans. Make bold plans. Man, if I were you, you got boys, right? If I were you, I would give, what, what I'd think about doing is I'd think about giving $100 per kid in my house. I'd think about giving a thousand dollars per kid in my house in that deal. Why? It's a bold move. See, because here's what happened. Jesus hung on that cross and said, it said, it is finished. He's done. Do you understand everything that God's ever going to do, he's already done. So if you're sitting around waiting for God to do something, don't hold your breath. I'm not kidding you. That's what most Christians, that's why most churches, that's why most people aren't prevailing. It's because they're waiting for God to do something. God's not doing another dadgum thing. But back in your play. If I just, if I but speak the word, what did Jesus say? I could call, I could call, what did he say, 10,000 legions of, I could, I could rain the fire of heaven on you. All I got to do is speak. Do you understand that same thing's in you? Because when we speak God's word, we sound just like him. But you know what? We put up with arthritis and we put up with diabetes and we put up with a bad economy and we put up with Republicans or we put up with Democrats or we put up with athletes kneeling or we put up with, with whatever. And let me just tell you, we've got to elevate the way we think into God's kingdom and God's way of doing things instead of the way the world's doing it. Amen. See, because let me just tell you, the bad thing about his generation is he thinks that his opinion actually matters. He thinks that you, you think that you've got an opinion now and that, that there's now miraculously a tenth gift of the Spirit and it's a gift of opinion. You, should, you shouldn't care what my opinion is because I don't care what yours is. I care what God's Word says. I care what God's Word's promised. How many likes do you have? How many followers do you have? I don't want any. I don't want you going where I go. I'm not, no offense, but people get in the way. See, that's why, hey, don't follow me. Follow Jesus. What did Jesus say? You're not going to hear me say a dead gum thing that I didn't hear my father say. He said, none of this originated to me. He says, as a matter of fact, don't pray in my name. Or don't, don't pray to me. Pray in my name to the Father. You know what Jesus was saying? I'm insignificant in this. That's why I'm giving you my name. 
Because we're just passing you to my Father. See, man, I hope Jesus does something, huh? Hope Jesus can reach my friend. When's the last time you saw Jesus? No, for real. You've probably seen him, haven't you? You believe in him, don't you? Do you trust him? You take notes about it. You're ready to take a note, aren't you? You're poised. You're writing with the wrong hand, but you're ready to take a note, right? Isn't it weird that you write left-handed? No. no one else does. <laughs> what was I talking about? No, no, no. You didn't write it down. I was talking. I had a great point to make. Sandy, what was I talking about there? Oh, have you seen Jesus? No, for real, it's a pertinent question. Any guests in here today? We're hoping somebody's seen, have you seen Jesus? What's he look like? I don't know. I don't care what he looks like. I don't care what he looks like. Don't. I don't care what race he is. I don't care what language he speaks. I don't care. Do not care. And I'm a red-blooded American. Don't care. You know why? He went and he left us with an advantage. And it was the Holy Spirit that we weren't going to be able to see, that we couldn't feel, that we couldn't handle, we couldn't, we just have to trust Him. And you know what that Holy Spirit's going to do? Remind you of everything Jesus ever said. And show you things that you didn't know. You know, if you, if you guys could grab this and take this advantage, let me just tell you, this boy here, I don't know what you see, I see the wealthiest man in this community standing right here. You know why? We serve a God who calls those things which be not as though they were. We serve a God who gives life to the dead. Well, but I don't know if he's had the proper education. Oh, I don't know that he was raised on the right side of the tracks. Oh, I don't know. Do you understand none of that? This, the whole thing, the game has changed now. Why? Because the kingdom has come alive in our lives. But God wants you to do two things. He wants you to grow what you're in. And he wants you to build something great. And you know what? You'll say, well, wait a minute. Can, can, can you define grow to me? No. Figure it out. Man, if you're in the parking team, grow it. If you work in the nursery, grow that team. Man, if, you, if, if you're inviting people, grow it. Whatever, whatever it is you want to do, what do you want to do, son? Huh? How? Man, then, then do it. What did, what did Paul say? If you lead, lead. If you serve, serve. If you're given to hospitality, welcome people. Do what's in your heart. There's, a, there's already a commission in your life, and you just need to activate it. Man, what's the next step? He's got to be here 50 weeks a year. Anybody here want to be the wealthiest person in the community? Let me see your hands. Just be here all the time. These are the words of eternal life. Otherwise, you get what you get. You don't get what you get in here. Let me tell you what you get when you come in here. You get to win, son. Do you like to win? I remember I'm a little kid. We got run ruled in baseball. And they're giving out treats. And I'm looking and I'm thinking, I'm mad. That coach goes, okay, now listen, boys, we got beat. We lost today. But I'll tell you, it's important for me to tell you, you got to learn something about losing. And I remember I'm a little boy. And I've got a, I've got a flannel baseball uniform on. And my head pulled down as tight as I can get it, and I'm wanting to cry. I'm so mad because we got beat. He said, we got to learn something about, from losing. You know what I learned? I don't like it. I don't want to do it anymore. Now, some of you guys might come in here and say, man, winning's not important to me. 
Well, does God really care who wins? I've got kids. Joel, does it matter to you that your kids win? Why does it matter? Because you're their dad. <laughs> See, here's what's awesome about this. You got a dog? You got a dog? You know, your dog's going to die at some point. You know that? You're going to outlive your dog. And you know, you're going to come up to somebody and go, man, my dog died. They go, ah, oh, I'm sorry. Shoot. And they're going to walk away and they're going to go order a root beer. You know why? People don't care that your dog died. They care that their dog died. And you know what? God cares about that. That's why what we have to stir up in here is love, that God cares about your dog. People in here aren't going to care about that. Well, you know, I, my grandmama died. Yeah, grandmamas die, man. Except for mine. She's 95. She's too mean to die. <laughs> Isn't that right, Sandy? No, if you met a me, if you met anybody like Granny Lila, no. I mean, she, 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 she going to die anytime soon? She don't want to live, does she? Why am I still alive? She said, my knees hurt, my hips hurt, I can't hear anything. You tell me why, why I've got to live. And I'm like, Granny, people love you. Oh, bullshit. No, she's, she's outlived like six husbands. All of them are dead. I'm not kidding you. Her, her, her son's dead. Her daughter's dead. She will not die. But other than her, grandmamas die. That's how this works. But see, we understand, but that word that's in us lives forever. That's what we've got to trust. We've got to be people that trust God's promise. So then you think, what are you dealing with today? And what has God promised you about what you're dealing with? See, that's the only place that we have to go. And you got to find it. Man, you got to ask, you got to seek, and you got to knock. God promised he wouldn't withhold any good thing from us. We just have to put him first. We have to keep him first. How do you do that? God, you're first in my life. God, I'm going to keep you first in my life. And then you know what the Bible says? All these things will be added unto you. You won't skip a beat. A fellow like him will be the richest guy in the community. Somebody has to be, huh? Why not somebody honoring God? Why not somebody that loves the church? Why not somebody that, 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 that lives God's promise? I mean, for real. Do you understand? There's an exchange. Other people are out there. You're going to reap. He's going to reap in fields that he hadn't sown in. Other people are going to work their, their tails off to give him money. That's how the kingdom works. That's who we are. There's a law of attraction in his life. And now that I've spoken that, and now that's your expectation of him, that's what's going to happen. But what's going to happen in your life? What do you need to overcome? I, I promise you the next time somebody asks him what he's going to do for a living, what it's going to do when he grows up, he's going to tell them. He's not going to say, I don't know. It better be something, it better be something that's high capacity. See, that's all I've wanted to do. All I've wanted to do today is just enlarge your capacity. That's it. I mean, is this, is, is this how much of God you want? If it is, then all you got to do is, all you got to do is get rid of what's in it. Say, okay, God, fill her up. Let's go. 
Oh, I got enough. There, oh, 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 look at that. Okay, I'll see you guys later. No, is that what we want to do? No. I want all of God I can get. I want more of God than you get. I'm competitive. I don't want you to do without God. I just want more. You know what I'm saying? Do you understand that? See, but you've started humbly. You've started, but you know what the Bible says about that? Don't despise small beginnings. What if you're just starting? What if today's the day that you walk in the fullness of God? I think that's a good chance that's a word of God for you. But all you got to do, you've got to decrease so that he can increase. And when you decrease and he increases, your capacity swells. So now, and, and now you're thinking about, about and, and finances are an easy way to go to make the analogy. It's not just about finances. It could be your health. It could be your marriage. It could be your vocation. It could be your, you know, your ministry. But your finances, when, you, when you're giving and you decrease, decrease and God increases and your capacity swells, see, that's where you want to get it. You want to get it to where it's like not what you have. If you want to get it, how, how, no, how much can I handle? How much can I hold? Because God's going to fill it. And no matter how big your cup is, what does the Bible say about your cup? It runs over. See, so, all you, so, so what, what do you want today? You don't want to get your cup full today. You want a bigger cup. Does that make sense? You want, I mean, I, I can, I, your eyes are the windows of your soul. You want a bigger cup. That's what you want. So you know what? You leave here and you think, how does that happen? God, I just thank you that you enlarge the place of my cup. God, you enlarge my capacity. God, I want all you I can get. See, if we get, what, what was that bottle, 12 ounces? And we're walking around. I think most people are walking with a 12-ounce container of God. Oh, I got all of God. I couldn't, man, that was such a good word. It's like, no, I don't care about anything that was said, but that one thing that was said that, that hit home with you. Was there one thing said today that was hit home with you? Is there one takeaway that you can have? Is there one thing? How old are you? Are you expecting that boy to be the richest guy in this community? Maybe. Do you hear what she said? Maybe. Remember Jonathan, his armor bearer? Jonathan said, man, let's go take those Philistines. His armor bearer said, man, you're a man of God. You've got a sure word of faith. I'm with you. Whatever's in your heart, I'll do it. And you know what Jonathan turned around? Jonathan turned to his armor bearer and said, maybe. He said, it just may be that God will work for us. Just may be that God will work for that boy, huh? That's a lot better than him, him being broke all his life, huh? Is he going to be happy if he doesn't have any money? Is he going to be happy if he's poor all his life? Is, is he going to be happy if he's on his second or third marriage? No. Is he going to be happy? Is, your, is this your daddy? Is he going to be happy if, he, if, if his capacity is bigger? If what he brings to God, God filled this up, is bigger? See, that's what we have to get. See, it's get, get to a place where we're encouraging people to visit the church. Why? Because we want to connect them with this truth. It's not just about building a crowd. We want to build our teams. Man, we want, we want great people in our parking lot and, and greeting people and seating people and playing in the band. It's all about who builds the best team. That's who wins. Just the best team. Man, are you being developed right now? Is God developing you in this church for what? 
No, 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 no. For what? What's in your heart? <laughs> what the heck is stopping you? Yeah. The fields aren't stopping you. People say, no, listen, if you want to ride, stop doing that riding stuff around here. No, you know what? You got to write. What's in your heart? Yeah. That's, there's an epiphany. What do you want to do? She's, she's, she's riding. You don't get to take that one. What do you want to do? You've been, I've seen you twice in the last 24 hours. What do you want to do? Come on, man. Man, I'm, I'm telling you, the Spirit of God is raging on the inside of you. There's a takeover thing in you right now, and it's right out there. What do you want to do? You know what I want to do? I want to reach everybody. Everybody. Peter said that none should perish. Well, what do you think about other churches? I don't have time to think about other churches. I want to reach everybody. And you know what? Can I reach everybody? No. Can I reach more people with you than I can by myself? Yes. So we got to add her. We got to add her. And we got to add that rich guy. No, let me tell you, he's going to come in handy for somebody. Some preacher's going to get up and say, you know what? I want to reach that entire trailer park right there for, for the kingdom. And you know what? He's going to hear a voice say, what do you think that would cost to do that? Man, I think that cost $250,000. I'll have a check in your office in the morning. And now, you know what that preacher's got to do? What do I do? Oh my gosh. I've got to go right now. I've got to go reach that trailer park now. You see what I'm saying? What's in your heart? What do you want to do? Let's go do it. I'm not kidding. Life is passing you by, son. Why do you think you tithe? Because the windows of heaven open up above your life. You know what that does? That, that eliminates your, your, your limits and your excuses. You got an open heaven above your life. It rebukes the devourer from the midst of it. You understand, before this boy stood up, there was a devourer that, that's just setting up camp right in the middle of his life. But you know what? What I'm going to tell him, you want to be wealthy, what does he have to do, Joel? Tithe. Anything else, Joel? You're an overachiever now. You got to make it better here. But the, the, the windows of heaven above, above your life, and God pours out a blessing he's, that's too big, great for him to receive. He rebukes the devourer from the midst of him. His fruit won't fall immature from the vine, and he'll be called a delightful land. Do you know how much fruit has fallen immature from my vine? Shoot. I don't like the way that feels. I don't like the way that sounds. I don't like the way that smells when it's laying on the ground rotten. I want it back. I said, I want it back. And you know what? As soon as I say I want it back, God's promise comes into play and he'll give, he'll give me back seven times what the enemy's taken. 
That's a good day. Man, a seven-time return on something I've lost just because I said, God, I want it back, and I want it now, and I'm not playing anymore. I'm 59 years old. i got a few years left, and guess what? Man, there's been over a quarter of a million days. We, we had a nightmare preview last night in outreach at our church. We didn't invite the public, and 232 people got saved last night. Yeah. I, 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 I dare. I want the devil to pick a fight with me. I want the devil off me. No, no. I just want him within arm's reach right now. I want to grab hold of some of that devil, man. I want a shot at the title. You want a shot at the title? Do you understand there's something on your life that you could be the best in the world at? It's not going to be comfortable or convenient, though. You know that? Best in the world. You got to get about it. You got to start out doing it. You got to understand the tremendous value that you are and that you carry. Who you are. Do you know Jesus? How much? Okay, then you understand your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Do you understand that? Do you understand that God knows your name and he calls you daughter? I believe in nepotism. I coached my son. He played. He didn't ride the bench. God's my dad. He's put, that's the only reason I'm here. God put me in the game. There's 50 better speakers than me in this room. There's guys that know how to close the service so that you can get the heck out of here in in a timely manner today. I don't know how to do it. You know why? I keep looking at people. All she needs is a little bit of hope. That's all she needs. That's all this one here needs right here. Is a little, that's all he needs is a little bit of hope. That front row seat doesn't matter anymore. You just need some hope now. You just got to get up every day and do this. You ready? You can do it with me, okay? You ready? Turn around like this. You ready? Do what I do, okay? You ready? What are we doing? We're walking. How are, we, are you okay with this? Is this a good pace for you? Look how much farther you are in what? In five seconds. Where are you going to be in a minute? Where are you going to be in five minutes? Where are you going to be in an hour? What if you could walk? What if he could walk for an hour? And just thinking, God, what does your promise say about wealth? Do you guys know what God's promise says about his wealth? It says that God gives us the power to get wealth. Listen, not to get stuff, not to be comfortable, but to establish his covenant. To establish his covenant. I mean, you look, you got this guy here. You got this guy here that's a kidney. What does a kidney do? Flushes out poison. Keeps us healthy. I want him around, don't you? It matters that he's at church now, huh? Is there anybody here that your life's not right with God? Is there anybody here? You might be new here or you might be, you might have been here a long time, but you know that you're not living for God. You, 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 you've kind of done the, a little bit of the groundwork or you've, you've said a, a few of the things, but you know your life isn't honoring God. You know you've got to live for God today. I just want you to stand right now wherever you are. 
Just stand. If you're, you're here and you say, man, I just need to, I gotta, I gotta live from God. I gotta live for God from this point forward. Just stand wherever you are. Just stand. And, and you might say, well, cheer, what, what's the big deal about me standing? Because that's all it boils down to, Todd. The Bible says, having done all to stand, I'm standing. You can knock me down. You can't keep me down. I'm going to get back up and I'm going to stand. Am I going to get knocked down? Yeah. What, what do you do when you get knocked down? You get back up. What do you do when you get back up? You stand. And the Bible says there's a freedom in that stand. If you're here and you need to make Jesus Lord of your life, just stand. Just stand. I believe there's a couple more. And I have to catch an airplane. So I'd appreciate it if you did this in a timely manner. I get it, you're bullheaded. Just stand. If you, if you know your life's not right with God, you just want to get it right with God today, just stand. This boy here has proven through the service that it isn't going to kill you. Is there anyone else? Could there be one more? Okay, just one more. Just one more. Come on, let's change the world. Let's take a stand today. I hate cowardice in my life. Hate it. Oh, I hate it. So every, every time I, I, every time I have to deal with it in my life, I've got to take, put an ax to the root of that cowardice. That, 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 what did God say throughout his word? Man, be strong. Have courage. Be courageous. Are you living your life where you have to have courage? Are, are you just living a comfortable life? Is there anyone else that needs to get their life right with God? Just stand. It's a good day, huh? Big day for you some things you got to decrease in, huh? Things you got to pour out on the floor. That was painful because you're thirsty now, huh? Well, you know what's interesting, and this is it. The Bible says that men are susceptible to doing this and then going and lapping it up off the floor. Don't go do that. You know what I'm saying? Like a dog returning to its vomit. 
and that stuff you're decreasing, that stuff you're letting go of, man, you let somebody know. Todd, can he trust you with the stuff that he's letting go of? Todd, for sure? You gotta find somebody you can trust. Say, man, I let, I let go of that. And, and, and it, but it's gotta be somebody that's not gonna let you go back to it. Build a team, man. Were you ever an athlete? Did you ever play football? Did you ever face a double team? Yeah, you can't beat a double team. Two are better than one. You can't beat a double team. How do you beat a double team? You beat one of them. Now it's not a double team. It, is there anyone else? Just stand. Just need to give your life to God. You've been dealing with it. You just know you've got to. You don't want to. Get over it. Just stand. And can I thank you guys for being so gracious today? I mean, you've been amazed. This is amazing. Most of you probably wanted to leave in the last 45 minutes, but you stayed. Let's pray together. Just repeat with me. Father God, I give you my life. I make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. I'm trusting you, God, with all of my life. Even the parts that are hard to give, I give them to you now. God, show me what's in it for me. God, show me my next steps. God, I trust you. I'm not trusting how I feel. I'm not trusting what I see. I'm trusting you, God. From here on out, I live for you. God, thank you for this church. Thank you for the leadership of this church. Our best days are ahead of us. And they're going to blow people's minds. In Jesus' name.